0: This evil is something different.
1: <laughs> Bean, our hero dog, was amazing. And I just, <laughs> I loved his creepy performance.
0: What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Katie Afraidy. I'm your host, Katie Hettenbach. And you're probably like, mm, Katie, this sounds kind of off. This isn't your studio. Where are you? We're actually doing our first Zoom episode, yay! So I am recording this during the editing process, so you get that hopefully okay audio. Um, you know, hey, some episodes are going to be like that, and that's okay fun i'm so excited for you guys to hear this interview and see this interview with director and writer uh this is her actually directorial debut uh she directed pet cemetery bloodlines and we talk all about that and i'm so excited so enjoy the episode
1: how are you doing I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I apologize. I'm a little bit congested. I've, I've got like a cold or something, but, um, mm-hmm. so any, any low energy is not because I'm not psyched to be talking to <laughs> you
0: right now. I, I will take it very personally. Don't, <laughs> <back you. laughs> so how has it been, you know, with this film coming out like this, this is oh
1: Yeah, no, it's been wonderful. It's been really amazing. Um, Obviously, it it it's it it's always so wonderful to be able to take your work from script to completed form and all the way through shooting and post and and have that creative authorship and then put it out into the world. The uh, but it was just it was also just great to see the response and um you know at the time it broke a record on Paramount Plus when it debuted in terms of viewership and you know it's just it's fun to see the the king fans out there i feel like king fans are are they're they're so um they're so intense in in a good way you know like we uh and i account myself as as one of those people and i think you know being part of that community has been fun and being able to talk to so many people who truly love genre and who truly love horror and who truly love Stephen King has been a fun part of it that I hadn't really thought about when I when I set out to do this because I mean to be honest <laughs> a, a director doesn't usually do as much press as I did but I had to do it because um you know, I did the usual director press and then all the press that actors and writers and anyone else would do because we were in a strike time so I was the only person who could talk to people um, so I feel like I, I just, I spoke to so many people and I found it really inspiring talking to so many people who love movies.
0: That's awesome. That's so exciting. So you said you're a huge Stephen King fan. What are some of your favorite Stephen King books, but also movies?
1: Um, well, Pest Cemetery was my favorite. And the first one that I read as a kid, um, I loved it. I loved Stand By Me. I loved, um, I I love Shawshank Redemption. I love a lot of the the movies that aren't the 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 straight horror movies of, of oh. his. Um, the Shining, I think you know, is just one of the best movies ever made. Period. Not just horror movies. I, it's hard to pick a Stephen King favorite because they're they're all so different and but all kind of wonderful in their own ways.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, in The Shining, ugh, perfection yeah better despite what Stephen King you know the movie despite what he (laughs) says we still like it you know you might be wrong on that one but yeah it's okay that's okay um so besides Stephen King fans um are you a big horror fan
1: in general I am a big horror fan I mean I love genres in general I love horror I love sci-fi I love action I love I love these kind of weird dark stories that allow you to explore the deepest darkest corners of the human psyche and experience and um yeah I've, I've always loved them even when I was a kid
0: that's awesome do you remember the first horror movie you
1: watched that like really did it for you um I, I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street oh. and I and Pet Cemetery was one of the first ones I watched too, for sure. Um, Scream, I was addicted to. I <laughs> I think I think I watched that movie two hundred times. Um, yeah. it, it's good. It, yeah, it, it it was good. Actually, I rewatched it the original over this Halloween season for the first time in so long, and I forgot how intense the the first one was because as is it got. Because the seat, like the franchise went on, it got a little funnier, yeah. And um, yeah, but I forgot how truly s- intense and scary that first one is.
0: Yeah, there's something about it that's just. I mean, it does still ride the line of being yeah. slightly funny, yeah. but it's not as funny as the other movies. Yeah,
1: it, yeah.
0: That's great. That's great. Okay, so let's dive into Pet Cemetery Bloodline. Obviously, you directed and co-wrote this how do you approach writing a prequel to a beloved or classic
1: yeah for me it was it was just about rereading and rereading and rereading the book over and over again and uh just pulling out as much as I could from what was there before you know there were there were lines about Timmy and that intimated that Timmy and Judd's encounter with Timmy was why the evil was targeting Judd later in life because of of Judd helping kill Timmy when he was a much younger man. Um, there were things about like, like the fact that that Timmy could hear people's deepest thoughts and he knew their darkest secrets. And mm-hmm. this was like a kind of an evil possessing him that um, liked to play with its food, which I thought was uh, a really interesting characterization for a villain. And, and then just the, the fact that, um you know, it, it said that Timmy seemed to like kind of tune in and out of himself. And that to me was such a, a tragic makings for, for a villain, somebody who's, you know, he's not a zombie. He's, and he's not com- completely evil. There's still remnants of the human boy that was there. And so that to me was all really compelling. And, and then there were just, um, there were lines like the 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 end of the book says that Judd is guardian of the woods. And uh that to me suggests a, a mantle that that has never really been explored before in the film. So that was that was an idea I really ran with. And I would say that that was a common theme: was I would take a sentence, <laughs> a sentence from the book, and then and then run with it. That's
0: awesome. That's that's so smart to like go back to the book. So would you say that it's a prequel to the book or yeah. to the original movie? Yeah. Okay. I I'm a huge Pet Cemetery fan and I loved um this movie and I loved, you know, the 2019 one. They both are or they all all three of them are very different, but they all bring, you know, something exciting to the table. How did you balance trying to stay true? to the original while also bringing your own flavor.
1: I felt like, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to make it a prequel to Mary Lambert's 89 film or to the 2019 film because they both, you know, they did such a wonderful job kind of what they were and and stood on their own and I feel like um Mary really landed the humor in the book. I don't think people realize how funny the book is. There's this kind of dark absurdist inner monologue of Lewis's that runs throughout the book. Um, and, and I think she, she really nailed that tone. And the 2019 film was, was darker than that, but I just wanted to kind of do my own thing. And it was easy to do my own thing because I had to invent so much as, as, as a prequel, but, you know, in terms of staying true, it was, to me, it was very important to stay true to the spirit of Pet Cemetery, which is, you know, it's it's a human drama first, a horror maybe second, mm-hmm. um, and and that it's about you know the choices we make for our loved ones and and protecting our loved ones and and what would you do if you could bring back somebody that you love and that that kind of that ethical question at the center.
0: So now I have to ask, would you ever even consider bringing back a pet or a? I wouldn't. Pet relative?
1: I I, I wouldn't. And, and I know that I wouldn't because I thought about cloning my dog. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, but it's not the same. It's just not the same. It's not the
0: same. No, my dad, uh, our, my dog died in, I think, 2016. And he got, I don't, not the same as cloning, but he has the sperm in the egg from her parents. Yeah. From, and she was born in like 2000. So those, those are like torrent, those And by the time we make it, I'm like, that's not going to be the same dog. You're not going to get the same. It's going to be worse. No. It, it could be fine, but i <laughs> a little weird, a little weird. I don't know. Well, um, I
1: think one yeah. of the things about life is it, it's, you know, our life on this earth anyway has been it and we have to make the most of it and appreciate the people in our lives and every day. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. So, uh, what was it like working with animals on set and as a first time director, how do you approach that? Cause that just sounds like a, and you know, we're working with actors is one thing, but working with animals, that's like another task that's yeah. kind of challenging.
1: You know, I, I was told by so many people that working with animals is terrible and, um, I didn't find that. And I mean, it, it helps that I am an insane animal lover and animals bring a lot of joy to my life. And in between takes, by the way, we had three dogs. Um, oh. so those, those three dogs bought, brought me so much joy in between takes, but jelly bean, our hero dog was amazing. And I just, <laughs> I loved his creepy performance. He did, <laughs> he did pose some logistical challenges because he's deaf and his so his trainer had to always be directly in his line of sight because he couldn't hear commands, which means that camera angles had to be very creative to not have the trainer in the shot, or we had to just, you know, commit to using some of our VFX spend <laughs> on erasing the, yeah. the trainer from the shot. So it was an extra challenge. But on the other hand, he he didn't get distracted by loud noises on set. And there's, you know, there are some pluses and minuses.
0: That's adorable. Like, I mean, I feel like having a dog on set is what you want. when you. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. So sure. fun. Um, the writing process, obviously, again, you had a writing partner. Um, how, like, how, how is that different? How do you approach that when you know you're going to direct versus when you know you're just writing?
1: Yeah. Well, so it wasn't, he wasn't actually a writing partner. He wrote the original draft of the script and then I came on and I rewrote uh, the script myself. So um, I think it probably, I don't know, maybe would have been easier and harder in different ways. If we were writing partners, there were certainly days on set where it would have been nice if I was like, Hey, somebody else go write this instead of coming home from a long day and doing the rewrites myself. <laughs> um, but uh you know, what was, what's nice when I'm writing something that I know that I'm directing is that I don't have to hold anything back. So I can be as specific as I want to be about production design or about editing or about um, a cinematography choice. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're, when, and I think because of that, I could, I could just much more fully see the movie as I was writing it. Whereas when you're writing something and you're not the director, you don't want to be stepping on people's toes
0: <laughs> for sure um yeah I love that that's amazing that's just amazing it's also you know seeing women directing horror because I'm a horror director myself and writer and actor like that's like it's huge and you know exciting
1: look, yeah. at,
0: you go. look at you go look at you go so do you think that you'll because I I've I I I stopped you up to your IMDB, of course. And you have a you know a variety of things that you've worked on. What genre do you find yourself gravitating towards when writing and for directing as well?
1: I you know, I I love genre genres. So I love sci-fi, I love horror, I love, I love action. Um Fantasy too. I there's not one particular genre. I like to kind of float around a bit because I feel like it keeps me inspired and it keeps me also from copying myself. Like I have to I, I, I like to be able to challenge myself on different projects.
0: I think you can probably hear the dog barking in the background. Is that is that the dog? Uh oh, pet cemetery. Oh, <laughs> that might be the dog. From the movie. So, going back to working on set, and you said writing, um and that you that you like all these details. I'm getting the feeling that you are kind of a a perfectionist when it comes to your work. What? what? No, me never. No, what? No. <laughs> a Little bit. That's all good. Hey, that's 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 <laughs> what we're. This is why you're film. We're filmmakers. That's why you know. We're good at what we do um and you know even with a polished project you still have those moments where you're like ah we could have changed this we could have changed that yep. yep if you could go back and change anything what would you change slash would you change
1: anything hmm that is an amazing question that I haven't been asked yet. And that is a testament to you because I've been asked a lot of questions. Um I oh shit. What would I change? I mean I the I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean part partially I I I think um I think anything you make is like a reflection of what you're thinking or what's happening in the moment. And it's it it's hard to litigate it and and open it back up. I saw I read an interesting interview with uh Sophia Coppola a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying that her dad is always like because her dad re-edits his films as he goes and and told her that that she should do that and she's like no I don't I don't want to do that I like it that was back then that's how I was feeling at the time like it just exists it's fine and and I think that's maybe a little bit more where where I lie like there's there's certainly a lot of stuff where oh if I had the budget I would go film this mm-hmm. um you know, like, cause there, there's, there's parts of the stories that I wish I could have told had I had, you know, another thirty days to shoot and another ten million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think, um, I, th- I think the story is a lovely story as it stands.
0: I feel that though. I feel that you know, you have brought like it's, it's a part of you, and you're like, you know, I could go back and change, you know, X, Y, Z, but then that wouldn't, it wouldn't be what it is and to yeah. show your growth over time
1: yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. true it's true you also just don't know I think one of the one of the scariest things in the editing room is you realize like oh, you think you want to make one change and then you make the change and then you rewatch the film and you're like oh no that broke the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um
0: so in the movie there's a huge or there's a scene where a girl gets bit by a dog now I have to ask have you ever gotten bit by an animal
1: um I myself uh (laughs) not seriously injured myself but I have been in the presence of some pretty brutal animal attacks including my little brother when I was babysitting him when I we were kids and um he had to get some major stitches
0: yikes because that one was gnarly I've you know I've seen animals attack humans in movies and it's been you know pretty pretty gross but like oh the gore in this I was like oh oh it just yeah um, I was like I'm gonna go for it (laughs) I love it I love it a lot of the scenes reminded me of um a a specific scene in in the fly where he's uh where he's like ripping his fingernails off and like that I don't know why it was giving that like some of the time and it was just like the skin peelbacks and I just oh you know oh great job
1: but oh <laughs> Ooh, it hurts you feel you feel yeah. them yeah yeah that was that was fun to work on in the in the final mix those those ripping sounds <laughs> the yeah you, you could not
0: hide those you see yeah oh gosh um also uh in the original movie and I actually have not Read the book. I now have to add that to my list. Um, but I'm not sure if there was a the famous scalpel scene where you know little boy comes up under the bed and you know there's the guy's Achilles and it goes, "I want to play with you." And you know, um, you had a scalpel scene. Several yeah. scalpel scenes in this movie that were again. Um, I keep saying gnarly, and that's what I'm going to stick with, because, oh, my gosh, um, was that a nod? <laughs> yeah, to... yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> and all of the I um, loved, loved, loved all of the uh, truck wipes yeah. and just, you know, cutting people off, and you are like, oh, we know, we know, we know it's coming. Oh, no, not the the saddest death in horror cinema. know or maybe one of them i wouldn't say you know but in pet cemetery when when the little boy gets hit by a semi oh it's brutal just gnarly um i can't can't stop saying it really that's what it is but it's great it's wonderful um so what was your favorite scene to film and then what was the hardest scene to film
1: um my favorite scene to film was uh Forrest and Isabella, Manny and Donna in the sunflower field just like talking as brother and sister. I just I I love those characters so much and I just I thought they they brought um just such a a natural sibling warmth to that scene and it was also just so beautiful in the sunflower field. It was it was like really nice to be out there. Um the hardest film to scene a scene to film was the finale scene where uh where Timmy is drowning Judd um and that was hard for a lot of reasons we were I decided that I wanted to build a fake lake in a real forest so it was cold as shit out there and that water was really cold and murky and the actors uh were having a hard time with it but um but it was most—it was really intense because I I did do one pass with, with stunt people just to make sure we were covered. But Pet Cemetery is like such an intimate portrait of of death that I wanted to make sure that we could get really close shots like with the actual actors. So, um, you know, filming two young men actually drowning each other was very intense.
0: Yeah, that's I mean even like actual draft, but then also trying to portray yeah Yeah. oh gosh I can't imagine how do you approach uh when you're writing um like blocking those scenes and you know writing those scenes in
1: yeah I mean I I when I was writing those scenes I had in mind of what I was just saying about kind of the the intimacy of it and making sure that You know the camera angles stayed super close, and that the action just felt very small and deliberate, and just like you know they're like literally staring death in the face, (laughs) in in that in that scene, and that it just felt like something that wouldn't relent in such an up close and personal way, rather than some big fight scene.
0: So, what's your process with working with actors um, and prepping them for pretty much having like the worst day of their lives for? (laughs) you know, X amount of days.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the unfortunate thing about um, our shoot schedule was that we shot this during COVID. So a lot of our rehearsals were over zoom instead of in person, which was unfortunate, but you know, my, my general philosophy is to do a lot of prep work um, ahead of time. And then when it comes to, you know, the day of shooting, not doing a ton of rehearsal or, or and just kind of letting the actor see what what comes on the day because I feel like if you rehearse too much on the day then things start to feel fake oh for sure
0: yeah that's and you know approaching also as an actor and I'm watching these movies I'm like what's going through their heads that like you know a dog is running at them or, you know, uh, Timmy is coming back from the dead and it's going to go eat their, their, um, you know, body parts. and, And like, how do you like approaching that is just like, I, I, I got it, but I don't got it. If that makes sense. That's, that's, it's, it's impressive. Um, so as a director, um, what aspects of storytelling and filmmaking do you find the most fulfilling
1: oh man it's so it's so hard I mean I love all of it and I think that that's why I love filmmaking so much as opposed to say you know writing a novel because it's it's human storytelling but it's also you know, I, I'm also I love photography, so I'm obsessed with cinematography. And so being able to tell a a, a a story through camera movement and angles and thinking about how to move the story forward in that way, but also sound design and editing and music and putting it all together. I honestly don't have one favorite thing. I love writing as much as I love post, as much as I love shooting, as much as I love Uh, You know, as you just brought up kind of working and collaborating with actors. I'm always amazed at what an actor can come up with for a backstory or uh, some kind of extra layer that makes a character even more special. And and all of that collaboration is just uh, just amazing.
0: So that's that's inspiring and exciting. You know, it's also like every day on set, you don't know what uh, challenges going to be there um were there any challenges on set that you didn't foresee i mean obviously you talked about how the dog um j- jelly bean
1: yeah jelly bean <laughs> great name
0: great name i love that they'll be like oh his name in the movie is like maverick and yeah then, and <laughs> is like potato and you're like mm, i love that but that's silly um and the best uh were there any challenges Oh, God,
1: yeah, always challenges. So, you know, I, I feel like every movie set every day is, is some unforeseen challenge because you've got so many people and 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 humans are humans. And, and then when you add in COVID and, and also sometimes language barriers, you know, we were filming in Montreal and um and not everybody spoke perfect English. And uh it, it just there there was there was always something, but always something um, that that could could uh, could be handled. And there there used to be <laughs> there used to be this line in the script um, where Norma said that her her <laughs> um, her mom said that apple pie can fix anything. Um, so I, I codenamed the film Apple Pie because I said we could, you know, if anything went wrong, we could fix it. We could fix anything. And that was just kind of my mentality every day was, of course, there will be challenges. We're shooting in frigging COVID. Um, but we'll fix it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get through it together. That's yeah.
0: I mean, that's, and it's perfect. And hey, Apple Pie does fix almost (laughs) everything, you know? (laughs)
1: Apple That's pie, absolutely. donuts, pizza, nachos.
0: Exactly. You need more of that. We need more yeah. of that. Yeah. More of that at crafty and in life. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, also wanted to ask about the, um, going back to the the writing process. Um, when you're writing, do you think about, you know, what songs you're, or like what music you're thinking about here, shots right. and posts and stuff? Because I'm also... I don't you know I said I was an actor director I'm also an editor so I'm always thinking about what is it going to look like in
1: post oh yeah for sure um and I I I can't I can't write um any other way without thinking about how the scene would actually play out how it would be cut I, I was constantly listening to music and uh as I was writing and the things that I was listening to most of them made it The ones, the ones we could afford, (laughs) made it into the film. Um, And by the way, listening to 60s music was just um, an added bonus of of working on this film. I I love music from that era.
0: So, what's your favorite song that you would jam to every time you were writing, but it did not make it in the film?
1: Um, paint it black.
0: I'm saying okay like I know what that is I <laughs> but after this I will check it out it's great yes you know like is that the title of the song or yeah the...
1: yeah okay, okay. So
0: who is it by uh
1: I think it is by Rolling Stones yes okay. I just say something stupid you know, it's,
0: <laughs> hey, hey, me all the time i'm always yeah. saying stupid stuff it's part of part of part of life part of the fun you know yeah. it's exciting um so i'm sure you're working on something else now uh do you have any can you give us a hint about what you're working on now if you're working on anything
1: uh, yeah or, i'm um i'm writing a sleepy hollow reboot that i'm directing for paramount and that's been really fun
0: That's so exciting um so what's your or i don't know how far you are but what is your dream cast for the sleepy hollow
1: i i i don't even know i mean i feel like <laughs> i feel like by the time movies get made my dream cast today would be irrelevant like you know three years from now but um i i I don't know. I mean, I I love Timothy Chalamet so much, and he'd he'd make a, a a great character in terms of one of the characters that are in that. Um, I but I mean, I don't know. There are a million people out there that are so talented, and I feel like new people are cropping up every day. That's um, very true. Well, hey, if you need to
0: uh kill somebody off or just you know need a weird background <laughs> character, um. I mean okay in it, you All know. Right.
1: I will keep that in mind
0: <laughs> so and in the future what is your dream project that you want to work on
1: you know I don't really have one I um I just I always like to just hop around in genres and, and I I feel like I I never really know what I want to do next until it just happens. And a lot of times it surprises me what it is and something that I think I'd be obsessed with. It just doesn't capture my heart and then something that totally surprises me does. So I don't know. I just, I love this business and whatever my next thing is, is my best next thing. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And, you know, you're just going to kind of, especially in the industry, you got to kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And you can try to do one thing, but end up, you know, like, oh, I want to do horror. And you're like, nope, now you're doing rom-coms. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's where we are today. <laughs> We're just going rock with it. Exactly. Um, do you have any advice for future directors, writers, specifically for horror and, you know, other movie, other genres? Um, about you know approaching filmmaking and stuff that you've learned
1: yeah um well I, I mean lots of random advice one don't take no for an answer just just keep going you'll hear a lot of no's you have to be okay with no you have to be okay with failing you have to be okay with rejection and and just keep going if you love what you do um horror specifically I think the I think that people are starting to understand how important it is to actually have character drama in their horror stories and how that actually makes it scarier as opposed to less scary. So I would say, you know, uh, like the the most funny comedies are the ones that are have dramas at their spines. And I would say the scariest movies are the ones that have human dramas at their 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 spines, too. Um, and then in terms of filmmaking, would say my advice to any director would be to remember that the people working under you are human beings and that uh, (laughs) the best way to get a good product out of human beings is to keep them happy and inspired and feeling appreciated.
0: As also somebody who has been a PA on set, thank (laughs) you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I worked with some amazing people and also, hey, (laughs)
1: Right. <laughs> but, but
0: that's part of that's also again i would say part of the fun is yeah. to work with all these different people and
1: um Absolutely.
0: learning about different personalities
1: yeah a lot, lot of personalities, a lot lot of personalities <laughs>
0: for sure um well that's all the questions i had um but wanted to um say thank you so much for talking with me today. Uh, Where can the people find the film? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not on social media at all, but people can find the film a few places. They can find it on Paramount Plus where it's streaming. They can also, as of December 5th, Uh, tomorrow they can buy it on Amazon and Apple and other digital platforms and then on December 19th it comes out on Blu-ray and 4k and DVD
0: that's so exciting and again congratulations on your directorial debut that's so huge so exciting and I know that you're going to do amazing things in the future and I cannot wait to see what you do next and who knows we might have you back on for to talk about Sleepy Hollow
1: Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for taking the time. And I I love that you are a fellow uh, female director, uh, creative, and we need more of us out there.
0: Honored to have you on and thank you so much for being on and enjoy the rest of your day and your writing process with Sleepy Hollow. Thank you so much. That was great. How fun was that? Oh my God. Again, thank you to Fangoria. If you want a copy of Fangoria, Uh, you can get it with my discount code, katieafraidy 25 Kind of cool, right? And please like, subscribe, give us a review. Guys, go spam us. We're at KatieAfraidy on everything. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I barely post on Twitter, but I'm going to do better. But guys, thank you so much. And, you know, um, my advice to you um, after watching this movie is honestly, if don't don't if you see his pet cemetery you're like mm, i'm gonna put my, my 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 grandpa just died i'm gonna put him in don't hey don't okay don't let's not do that okay guys thank you so much and stay spooky thank you to our sponsor filmcraft studio gear you can find all their cool gear at filmcraftla.com or on instagram at filmcraftla